This is Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. Your host, Carl Valeri, has over a decade of experience counseling pilots. Aviation Careers Podcast will help you navigate towards your aviation career goal. Here is your host, Carl Valeri. Welcome to the informational, inspirational podcast about aviation careers. You know, in this episode, we're going to discuss how to pick a college flight program uh, with a guest on the show that uh, you may have heard of. Uh, he's been on before, maybe a few decades ago, but his name is Eric Crump. Eric Crump is the aerospace director at Polk State College, and he has extensive experience in flight training. Uh, again, Eric Crump, he, uh, the last time he was on, he had hair. And I don't think it was great. Eric, Eric welcome back to the podcast. Wow. <laughs> okay, so we agreed it had been a while, but geez, at least. Okay, yeah, it has been a while. Uh, it's great to be back, everybody. Um, though I probably won't come back anymore because Carl's mean. Oh, He's come on. Head. Um, but other than that, um, we'll, we'll try to be friends. I'm telling you, though, when you turn that recorder off, though, we're going to have a conversation about my hair. That's totally unacceptable. I know. Well, they've seen, if you've seen my hair, I have nothing to complain about. I think the reason it's happening is because we know each other. We both had a full set of nice, Dark luscious hair. hair and then right. as soon as we started uh, hanging out with each other, we both started losing it and it changed colors. So. Yeah. Somehow you um, add stress to everybody's life. I don't know why that is. Uh, but uh, right seriously, Eric, you, buddy. Right Eric anything you. new? Any uh, maybe new children or anything since you've been on the show? or <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. That's not even right. <laughs> that is totally wrong. But See, we should have done this one in person so I could be choking you while we were recording. I know. That's why we're uh, doing it. Just pretend, pretend, Carl, that you're being choked right now. Um, so, no, we have not added any children, but we did add a quasi-child. So, um, we just uh, picked up a new puppy um, less than a week ago uh, at the time of this recording. Um, she is adorable. She's wonderful. I love her. Um, she loves me too. Her name is Beatrice because we name our dogs weird names. Um, we're calling her Birdie. She's a boxer and she's pretty much the most adorable thing ever. I may love her more than my children, but don't tell them I said that. Uh, you better not say that, but, but I have seen it and it is cute. Cuter than yeah. you. That's for sure. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, but come on, it doesn't really take much. I saw a rock the other day. that was cuter than I am. So it's, it's fun. <laughs> Uh, but hey, Eric, it's been great. It's great having you back on. And I tell you, it's been a lot of fun. We've actually interacted quite a bit in the past year. It's just been tough to get you back on here. Uh, there's a lot of questions that have actually been pointed towards you because you do have experience in that collegiate environment, also in the flight school environment. Um, Eric, before we start, uh, I got a couple of announcements. These are pretty important because the people have been asking all these questions. Uh, first of all, if you want to know where we are, what we're doing, go to facebook.com slash aviation careers podcast, and you can figure out what we're doing through the events, etc. You can also follow me on Facebook, uh, Carl Valeri, facebook.com slash Carl Valeri. Uh, also, another thing really important, if you sign up for coaching, make sure that you get a confirmation on your appointment in an email. If you don't get that confirmation, email me or Russ at feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com. Feedback at aviationcareerspodcast is monitored by a lot of different people. The best thing to do is send it there and say, urgent, I didn't get my scheduled appointment. It did not work. So definitely do that, and we can manually put you in and not use a scheduling software. Uh, I appreciate everybody signing up for coaching. Obviously, we do career coaching and also interview prep, general interview prep also, uh, and for specific airlines. If we don't have the specific airline you're looking for, I do have some people that 
uh, can help out at other companies. Also, another cool thing, uh, the scholarships book 2018 is now available in iTunes. It's iTunes, excuse me. It's been available in Amazon, uh, but we also have it available in iTunes. Finally, it's been published there. I know a lot of people like that. Also, something else, uh, we do listen to your feedback, and I'm realizing that uh, not having a PDF version probably wasn't such a great idea, uh, so we are going to go back to that. Uh, we're working on it right now. We are including it within our courseware bundle. It's what we used to call the membership. Uh, in that courseware bundle, it actually includes all the different courses, or many of the different courses, I should say. Certain courses, you wonder why are not why they're not in that bundle, but we have agreements with different people uh, on courses, and because of certain copyright laws, we can't include them in that bundled software. So uh, that PDF version, by the way, is updated throughout the year, uh, just like the book is. So if you buy it in iTunes, you buy it on Amazon, or you, you sign up online, you are going to get the updated version. We'll let you know when the update does come out. We're trying to add more uh, scholarships that not just about flight training, but also uh, scholarships. And we have them out there. We just don't have a lot of them for like management courses, etc. I know that uh, Eric has been really good about helping us out and getting the word out about the scholarships. And uh, honestly, uh, we are adding more to our list every single day. They're just coming out of the woodwork. There are so many people that want to help and help people move forward in their careers. So hats off to you, Eric. Thanks for uh, helping out, promote that. And also, uh, I'd, I'd like to get your feedback too on that, Eric, as far as uh, what you're going to find in that scholarships guide, You know, as far as what it's more geared towards. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I, I've said this before, so I'm, I won't belabor the point, but um, you and I talked for what years about you know the, the need for this type of resource because it didn't exist there was nothing um, you know when I went to college but we had just discovered this new thing called the internet and so it was a I mean <laughs> Carl remembers <laughs> dot matrix printers but um, they're still Carl out there invented the dot yeah there are a few there are a few <laughs> pretty sure my parents still have one um, but that's a different story for another podcast um, anyway. I, it was so hard trying to find financial resources uh, to help me when I was going to college. Um, it, I mean, it was virtually impossible because there just wasn't a one single repository. There wasn't even a good repository with anything on it. There are a lot of sites now that, that do carry information about aviation scholarships, women in aviation being a huge one, a, a great resource. But still, the problem is that there is no one resource that brings them all together other than this one. Um, through aviation careers, and I and I, I love it. I think it's amazing. Um, I know that my students think it's amazing because I give them I, every single. If you come in to talk to me about my program, you're going to leave with my business card, and you're going to leave with an aviation scholarships guide uh, card as well. Because, I mean, <laughs> you're not going to get anything if you don't try. And so I think from uh, just from my knowledge of the guide, and then from what I hear from students. It, the guide covers a little bit of everything. Um, so it's not just flight. It's not just uh, materials. There are other things in there, and there are more all the time. I mean, Carl and I are having these conversations behind the scenes, too. Um, and uh, I, I think that where the, where the guide is now, it's a tremendous resource. Where it's going to go, the amount of information that is coming in there is uh, unbeatable. Well, thanks uh, for that, Eric, and I love your feedback. Uh, I think one of the things that we need to do, and it's a big challenge, is uh, get help with putting more scholarships in the guide. Like I said, uh, I always say this, but we have about four to 500 scholarships that aren't even in the guide right now. Uh, it's huge. It's a big effort, uh, and that's why 
we want to keep the price low. It's only ten dollars for the for the book. As far as the ebook, now if a printed book, it's going to be a lot more than that because it's so many pages. I forget how many we're up to right now, but uh, it's about three hundred fifty pages or so. So uh, anyway, that's a good resource for you. It's only ten dollars. It's also included if you sign up for the courses. So get get the scholarships guide and also get the the courses. And that will be coming out in the next few weeks. So uh, it actually be coming out in March. Uh, so once you uh, if you're going to sign up for the the bundles, the the course bundles, go out there and check that out. Also, another thing, people always ask me about aviation resumes. The Pilot Jobs book does a description of aviation resumes. You can actually take the first course, uh, first part of that course for free. So check that out. Also, the entire uh, Pilot Jobs book is out there uh, within the membership. Also, I will have another course on how to do a quick and dirty uh, uh resume. And uh, if you've done coaching with me, you know uh, that I send you different examples of resumes. And uh, it's a really important thing to get right. Anyway, let's move on to some of the questions. If you have any other questions or want to ask a question here, or you want us to relate a story, please go feedback at Aviation Careers Podcast. So let's get started, Eric. uh, The reason we're having you on today is it's really important. There's a couple questions about collegiate aviation. Of course, we're having you on because we really like you. First of all, I was thinking I've, it can't be for the questions. Clearly, it's for yeah. the sound of my voice. Yeah, it but, is. Okay, that's fine. We'll go with questions. <laughs> so anyway, let's start here. Uh, and by the way, if you do send us a question, we take out all your personal information. If you do mention colleges you're going to, if you mention flight schools you're going to, uh, we want to make this generic. We try to protect you, the listener, and that's why we're doing that. If you want to relate who you are, that's fine. But make sure you make a note that you can mention my name or I want you to mention my name. Otherwise, we're not going to do that just for your own protection. Anyway, here we start. Uh, It says, hello, Carl Valeri. I recently started listening to podcasts while at work and have started listening to yours from episode five. Episode five was quite a few years ago. Uh, Thank you. Been listening for about two and a half weeks and have been nudged every day by it to start a career change in aviation that I decided on shortly after starting school this year. I've also started watching YouTube videos about flying, which, by the way, there's a lot of resources out there. Uh, Mr. Aviation 101, Friendly Skies Films, and Flight Chops, and some others. Uh, However, I choose to view shows on Netflix today while watching City in the Skies. They did a segment on the medical service in Phoenix, Arizona. That serves the major airlines in medical care while in flight. From the hangs on the walls, it looks like the company name is Medair. You're right, it is Medair, by the way. So I looked at the names of future episodes, got excited and distracted by a few, and did not notice you doing a piece on the small but important section of the aviation industry. Hoping this idea is found useful for you. By the way, uh, it is an incredibly important part. Medair is something we use every day. There is a medical emergency every single day in the United States, and there's multiple medical emergencies throughout the world. So this is who we call when we have somebody in the back who is ill, and we call them, we describe the situation, and they give us advice through speaking with a doctor. It's relayed through the cockpit and back to the in-flight crew. Uh, They also, they do many other things besides that, uh, but this is more towards the aviation side of things. They also help us, like when we're on overnights in cities, uh, relate to a doctor. You can actually get on and even talk to somebody on Skype, that type of thing. So yes, we're going to reach out to somebody at Medair, see if they can come on and talk a little bit about that service. And uh, and how does that communication work? It's done through a company, a commercial company called Air Inc. Air Inc. is a, a... company that does many different things. They relay messages to air traffic control and clearances, especially while we're over the Atlantic Ocean. But that's for another episode. Anyway, he continues. Uh, what 
So, so however, he says, what have I done this week towards my career? I've started talking to a local community college that offers a flight program near where I live. I'm wondering what things I should look for when visiting the school and the flight program. I believe Eric Crump from Polk State would be better suited to answer this question. Thanks. Uh, so I, <laughs> so that's why we're bringing Eric on today. So let's answer. Let's stop hearing his question because he has another one. And uh, you know, Eric, I know he's he's kind of biased because he's going to describe that uh, his program is the best and there is no other out there. Uh, but, <laughs> that's, not that's not true. I mean, the best part is, but there are plenty of other. Ones. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But but from a from a standpoint of somebody who's actually developed, and actually Eric is the person that actually developed this program at Polk State. And by the way, uh, doing a great job it has grown so much over the years and i can't i don't go a couple weeks without somebody asking me about it and uh, it's much i think it's becoming much more popular than another one on the east coast (laughs) i have no idea which one you're talking about there are several of them over there Um, that could be any school at all all of them Um, (laughs) well i appreciate that it's very nice so um first of all i thought it might be useful to differentiate between college and university programs because a lot of people don't really understand that. They think that collegiate flight training is just collegiate flight training. It all works the same way and it really doesn't. So in the same way that a part 61 flight school and a part 141 flight school conduct flight training, but they do it in a different way, colleges and university programs do run differently and they offer different services and they offer different opportunities for students. So I wanted to hit that first, if that's okay. Um, When we talk about community colleges or state colleges uh, like we are at Polk State, um, the number one thing that that we exist for um, is for uh, career pathways. So our job is to get you a job. Okay, so we're somewhere in between what you'd think about as a four-year degree-seeking university program and maybe like vocational or technical school. We're we're in the middle of that. We are providing you a collegiate education, so you are going to take – college composition and literature and math and those things that you really love to take. Um, But you're also going to be learning um, workforce skills that relate to a job. Um, Art history is a super cool thing. Um, I'm sure that I would be very interested in studying art history. But there is, I mean, there are jobs you can do with an art history degree, but art history in and of itself does not link directly to a degree pathway. Uh, Whereas a professional pilot science program that that is the job pathway. We're training you to be a professional pilot. Um, whereas universities, whether they're state universities or they're private institutions, their function um, because it's a four-year degree program, you're you're taking other general education type courses, history, uh, humanities, foreign languages, all that stuff that constitutes a baccalaureate degree. And the school doesn't determine what constitutes that degree. Their accrediting body does, and so. People ask me all the time, you know, Eric, why do I have to take a humanities class to be a pilot? And I said, well, first of all, you're going to learn some some skills because, as Carl can tell you, when you're sitting next to somebody for five hours, it's nice to have something to talk about. Um, <laughs> it's nice to have you know, some something you can discuss with that person. So that's one set of skills. Um, but at the end of the day, even if you don't think you got anything out of your humanities class, the accrediting body said that you had to in order to get a degree and for that degree to mean anything. So that's on, – on their merit when you look at them side by side, um, community college programs tend to be two-year programs um, at colleges that offer uh, baccalaureate degrees like Polk State does. 
our, our baccalaureate degree is actually not a four-year degree. It is also a two-year degree. So it's a two-year associate's degree and a two-year bachelor's degree. You glue those together, you get 120 credits, and you've got a bachelor's degree. So it's it's slightly different in the way that it's set up and molded. Um, um, at a four-year university, for example, flight training is usually spread out over the entire four-year period, or at least three years. In a community college or state college type program, that flight training is going to be reduced down into two years. So it's a much shorter uh, time frame. Not quite as short as an academy or a pure flight school program, but also not as long as stretching it out over a four-year period. Um, so I guess that's well, does that work, Carl? You, so I, I got questions a, for you. Yeah, <laughs> actually, I got a couple questions that that brings up a lot what you just said. If you don't mind, number one, you said uh, there's two things. First of all, uh, just to solidify what the difference is between like a university program and a program like yours that's set up. A lot of times you see these university programs, and the way I envision it is you're there for four years and you're not you're locked in, you're not leaving. It seems that the the ones that are community colleges and state colleges, correct me if I'm wrong, seem to be set up such that you'll get, say, your associates and you get all your ratings, and then you're out there working. And while you're working, you're actually finishing up your degree either in class or online. Is that maybe a good assessment? That's a very good assessment, um, which is actually – that's a great segue because that's where I was going next, which is flexibility and opportunity. <laughs> so um, typically speaking at a state college or a community college type program, because it's a, a two-year degree, all of the training, commercial multi-instrument and flight instructor for that matter, uh, can be condensed into that two-year period. And so beginning year three – or you call it your junior year if you want to – but beginning year three, you're working. Uh, either in commercial service or you're doing it, you're working as a flight instructor. And so that gives you, first of all, more time to build time um, before you leave school, before those student loans start coming due, um, which is a good thing. Um, and it shortens, obviously, everybody's concerned about how quickly they can get into the right seat of an airliner and then how, how long till the left seat. And so, and I get that. This does provide an opportunity to sort of accelerate um, the speed at which you can get to flight instructor and still get a degree. Um, at the same time. So it's it's trying to do two things at once um, and trying to be as efficient as possible in both things. Um, at least for us with our baccalaureate degree program, the entire program is online because my expectation is that after two years, you're hireable, you're going to go to work. You're going to be working a full-time job. And so coming in for a nine o'clock class in the morning, it just won't work. <laughs> that, that doesn't make any sense. Um, and so where a traditional university typically, by and large, caters to that traditional college demographic, 18 to 21, maybe a part-time job here or there, um, but mainly they're a full-time student. Community colleges and state colleges have a non, generally speaking, a non-traditional student population, typically that 25 to 40-year-old demographic um, who are transitioning from one career to the next. Maybe they've separated from the military and they need an option that provides them uh, degree training. But they also need to be able to work and you know, sustain their family at that point because they're a little further along in life. Um, and so I think that's that's the other benefit. You call it benefit. I think it's it's just two different audiences. Like when people talk to, I went through a Ford University program um, uh, and 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 did flight training while I was enrolled in academic courses, and I worked a couple of part time jobs. I mean, I I was the traditional college student in that regard. Um, if I tried to 
go into aviation now from scratch where I am, wife, two kids, mortgage, there's no way I could go back to my college that I graduated from and even hope to attend there anything more than part-time, certainly. Um, and then just the, the way it's not designed for me, really, because I'm not the target market. And But it's important that there is an option for people who who are maybe changing careers or who are who have the family and the mortgage and that, and they need the flexibility. So typically um, I joke with people all the time, you know, we do daytime classes, nighttime classes, hybrid courses online. We even teach classes on Saturdays. Um, And so our course catalog is extremely diverse in when you can take courses because our clientele are extremely diverse as well. Um, And so I think that's, the next big difference I would get to when it comes to colleges and universities typically would be flexibility and opportunity um, and really how the program is designed to allow you to continue to conduct your life, like to work, uh, to take care of your family, uh, to pay the bills, but then also to uh, pursue the training for a new career. So that would be my my second difference uh, that's important to note going into it. In those differences, too, um, and as you're talking, there's a question that came up that comes up with, from a lot of listeners and people I coach is when you're looking at a university and you're looking at, say, a college or a community college, um, there's a feeling from people that I get that there's not as many opportunities for internships at your community and your state schools. And I, I don't think that's true. So could you speak towards that? Well, I mean, I can't speak globally on that, but... I can guarantee you that our program has more internship opportunities than the college I went to by triple. Um, And and that's not necessarily going to be true of every institution because it depends on how their degree is structured. Some degree programs just don't focus on internships. And I'll be honest with you, if you pursue my professional pilot degree program, it's going to be very difficult for you to do an internship in the two-year degree program if you also want to do your flight instructor training. Because you're going to eat up all of your electives doing an internship as opposed to pursuing flight instructor training. So you're going to have to choose one or the other. Now, in the bachelor's degree, again, the the, the second two years for us, um, you can do the internship class there. But my internship courses are repeatable. So you can take my internship class in your associate's degree. You can repeat it, take it again. You can take the internship course again in your bachelor's degree. And you can repeat it again. So, I mean, really, if you did it. I mean, if you really stretch it out, you could do four internships in four years in college. Um, and we work with 14 different internship placement sites, um, two of which are airlines. Um, and so, and no, you're not going to intern as a pilot. So let's just let's be really clear about that. <laughs> I'll, I'll like, I want to intern and, and, and fly a regional jet. That's not how it works. <laughs> it's not that kind of internship. Um, but um, the opportunities are definitely there. And companies, I think, especially in the hiring climate we're in right now are very interested in getting students in in internships because they're able to sort of indoctrinate the student with their way of doing things and in a way sort of advertise their company. Um, and if you've got, you know, two or three really, really hot internship candidates, that's three really good future employees that you don't have to go recruit. You've already got them in your pipeline. And many, we see many internships uh, that lead directly to part-time or full-time employment, sometimes even while the student's still in school. They haven't graduated yet. Um, so internships are a huge component of the process, and I wouldn't say that it's any more or less necessarily just because it's a university or a college. It just really depends on how the, how the program is built and designed, what, what the focus is. 
So the internships are, are something that are not just specific to university colleges. It's based uh, on, I guess, how aggressive the department is about uh, applying and actually securing certain types of internships. And uh, I think, um, like you said, there's a whole bunch where, where you are, and also I know there are at other schools, but it does help, like you said. Uh, and by the way, if, uh, one more thing, I've worked with a lot of interns at the airlines that I've worked for, and normally what happens, you wind up going into the chief pilot's office, and it's a lot of fun because you get to learn a lot about manuals because sometimes that's what you're doing is updating manuals uh, in the aircraft, etc. So uh, there are some some smaller tasks that you wind up doing, but it's kind of cool because you do understand the ins and outs of the operation, and you get to, you get to see the world come apart when there's a weather event too, which is a lot of fun. <laughs> a lot of fun to watch as an intern and realize, oh my gosh, this is wild. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's nice to do that with the separation mm-hmm. on the other side of the veil of being the intern knowing that I get to go, you know, four months from now, I get to go back <laughs> to whatever and I don't have to watch this unfold. Um, but from that perspective, uh, I think when we look at internships, um, it's important to understand the difference between like coffee getters and real internships. So obviously I'm a fan of, of the latter. Um, you know, you can go fetch coffee for people all you want to, but you're not really learning anything from that other, unless you're a really good listener. Um, and so in our program, and I know several other programs do this as well, we actually hand select our interns. So you have to apply to be an intern, um, not with the company, with the college. yet. Because when I send you out uh, to a company, one of my company partners, you're going out as a representative of my college program. So we're very selective about, you know, who we're not going to. It's my first semester. I want to do an internship, but that's not going to happen. We don't know enough about you yet uh, to know if you're ready for that yet. Um, So what we do is we actually interview the student first. We do, uh, just like you do, Carl, um, resume prep. We do cover letter prep. We do interview technique. Because we want to make sure the person's able to make a good impression when they go out in the field. Then our internship uh, provider partners tell us, you know, these are the needs that we're going to have. And then we'll actually custom match. Uh, maybe two or three possible intern applicants for a specific job and then uh, feed those leads, uh, as it were, to the uh, partner who then interview the applicants. Um, so we do, we're do. we a little bit more hand-selective about internships. Not every program goes quite to the level that we do, um, but maybe that's because I'm a little – be a little detail oriented. We we'll use detail oriented because that's a, a that's little? a nice way to say anal. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's so, the word I was going to use. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to take it away from you. It's, it's better when I say it about myself. Um, but I I, I think I, I want to get to what I think is the nature of his question, which is specifically what should I be looking for when I visit the school, mm-hmm. uh, which is a really good question. Um, and ironically, I would say probably seven out of ten uh, people who come in my door. Um, who are looking at our program, especially if it's like a, a, a younger person with a parent or a mentor or something, they tend to ask me, what questions should we ask you? And I think there is a, there's a lack of knowledge about what question to ask. I can tell you for sure, we had no idea what to ask. I was the first person in my family to go to college. We had no idea what to ask when we were touring college programs. <laughs> you just look at it. Uh, I don't know. They have airplanes. Uh <laughs> I guess that the, the carpet's been cleaned. That looks good. You know, that, that's, that was all we need to look for. Um, and I would say there are a couple of things I, I think are probably the most important. And the first is how quickly and how warmly 
you get uh, welcomed when you walk in the door. I think that that is absolutely, without a doubt, the first and most important thing. Uh, you can tell a lot from a school, from a program, about customer service right off the bat. How do they approach you? Um, are you are you welcomed? Are you ignored? Um, and you think, well, what does that have to do with um, you know, flight training in my future? Um, well, a lot, because if they don't care about you when you're not a student, are they going to care about you any differently when you are? And the answer is probably not. Um, if they're not willing to make a good first impression, what's the second and third impression going to be like? Um, so I think a lot of that is personality and fit, because this is a very high accountability, high responsibility profession. Um, it costs a lot of money. Um, and so if you're going to commit to this, you want to commit to it in a place you feel comfortable, in a place you feel like you're part of the team. Um, I think beyond that, obviously, you're going to be looking for resources and facilities. Uh, who are the staff members? What are their backgrounds? Are, are there an adequate number of them? Um, are there an adequate number of aircraft? Do they look okay? Is one wing falling off? You know, these are you don't have to be an expert in aircraft maintenance to come in and be able to see if the fleet is something that you want to fly or not. Um, I think that's definitely an important part of it as well. Um, and then beyond that, I think maybe the, the final thing is when you're having that conversation with whoever it is that you're talking to about the program, the main things I would want to see is that they're actually listening to what you want to accomplish. Um, I, I did college interviews where I felt like I was being told what I would do at school. <laughs> and, and I'm like, okay, well, I mean, there's, there's a place for that. I mean, you know, the, this is how we do it. This is why. And certainly I'm going to have that conversation with students when they come into my office. But the first question out of my mouth when I sit down with a new student is, what do you want to do in aviation? Why are you here? Because I, I legitimately want to know. Um, well, airplanes look fun and I want to make a lot of money. Okay, well, let's start with, you know, a realistic expectation of what the next 10 years of your life are going to look like. Um, like I had a student who came in not too terribly long ago who said, I asked her this question, you know, why are you here? And I said, um, I don't know. I like to travel and flying an airplane seems kind of easy. So I figured I'd give it a shot. I'm like, okay, this is going to be a fun interview. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, so as a program director or as a faculty member, you know, I, I want to see that you know what you're getting into, that you understand that you're coming into it with a level of seriousness, that you've done your research, that you're going to be a good fit for our program. And really that's what it should be. Look at, look at flight school or college selection, like a job interview. They need to be prepared to sell you on the job you need to be able to sell yourself as a potential candidate. And um, I, I think that's really, it is a two-way street. Um, you're, you're both looking for something. You're looking for a program that meets your needs. The program's looking for a student they can be proud of to call a graduate later on down the road. Um, and so hopefully that at least it touches on the question. Uh, I think a lot of people think that, um, well, it, I, I should be looking for, you know, do they have uh, the restricted ATP endorsement? which we've talked about before, and you've done several podcasts mm -hmm. on that, Carl. Um, sure, that's a thing. You know, it, I mean, it does definitely accelerate your ability to get into any job that re requires an ATP where the restricted ATP is acceptable. Um, but I, I wouldn't walk into a flight school with the, the first thing on my mind is, how soon can I get this done and get in an airline seat? Because the, the process is important, and how you approach it is really important as well. And so... That, sure, that is a thing. It can be on your list. But if I was looking for a school today for myself or for one of my children, those are 
those are, I guess, the things I would be looking for when I walked in the door. So basically, you know, how warmly you're welcomed and when you're walking in the door, the resources and facilities. And uh, when you're having the conversation, are they listening to what you want and what you want to accomplish? I think those are really good things. Um, One of the things that I think is important, too, is uh, asking all those other questions, too. Anything you have. Uh, as a question, ask. Uh, I know I get this question quite a bit. As a matter of fact, uh, Eric, we'll circle back to this. Uh, one of the questions I always hear is, well, if I'm in an aviation program, I still have to get a degree. My other classes, obviously, in, say, art history, probably aren't going to be at the campus. How do I go about taking those other classes? So, Eric, normally with like with your school, I'm assuming you go to another campus or you do go to another campus. But how does that happen logistically and practically speaking? Okay, so um, if you want to take general education courses in a classroom with other students and a professor, you can certainly do that. Um, like for example, Polk State College has nine different facilities all over Polk County in Florida. Um, so there are all sorts of opportunities for that if you want to do it in class. But we do offer um, almost all of our general education courses as online or hybrid options as well, so that there's a little bit more flexibility uh, for work schedules and things like that. Um, while my building is specifically for aviation, we only do aviation courses in that building. Um, you can get to any of our other campuses within 30 minutes to take other courses if you really wanted to. Many of our students do live in other in other parts of the county, so they may go to a campus or center that's closer to them to take their English class there and then commute over uh, to the airport and do their flight training and then go back and maybe at night, 6 o'clock, they'll show up back at their home campus and they'll take a night class as well. And so, again, that comes down to flexibility and options as well. It's sort of one of the places we started, um, you know, making sure that, uh, that the school that you go to has the options that, that meet your needs uh, for whatever you're going to be doing while you're in school. Awesome. Thanks for clarifying that. Uh, so anyway, he continues in his question here, and uh, we may have a chance to get one more question real quick. Uh, he continues said, uh, I've also set a great goal of funding the flight training costs solely on grants and scholarships, and was excited to hear that you had started to make a vetted list of them that is searchable. Uh, obviously, he's been listening for uh, many episodes ago. Uh, he says, however, I was saddened to learn you are currently in the process of moving it. Might it be mistaken or just lost? Please help. So when I was talking, and that comes from years ago when we were talking about moving it to a book format, what we decided to do is do an ebook format and uh, also have it as an online searchable guide. Uh, we've had some uh, well feedback, I'll say, on the online searchable guide and have found that most people like the PDF file. And that's like what I mentioned in the beginning is people like to search the PDF file. It's a lot easier. Um, you know, honestly, it, our online system kind of stunk. And so we decided to go with the PDF and, and have been hearing some really good things back from people who have been using it. Uh, so that's why we're going to that. So the three formats electronically, the, the uh, Amazon ebook, the iBook, and also the PDF file. Uh, so uh, so they will be out there, and uh, it's coming in March. The PDF file will be out there in March. Uh, anyway, it continues on. There's so much more to tell. Uh, I was in an air venture before I was born. That's kind of interesting. I'm so eager to fully medicated the bug soon. That's cool, because uh, the cure is to actually get more flying in. Uh, it says, thank you for the podcast, and uh, thank you for writing in. I really appreciate it. Some great questions there led to a good discussion. Uh, Eric, we have one more question I want to get through real quick here, and then I know you have something very important to get to, uh, but I really think this is cool. It's prescient to, to our previous conversation. It starts. Uh, our next question uh, says, I found your podcast after I had begun my journey to the flight deck. I enjoy it regularly, 
and have encouraged many of my colleagues to tune in. Rarely do I not gain something from listening. My dad took me plane spotting as a child, and I was immediately in love. This was at Newark when there was an observation deck. By the way, I remember the observation deck. I attended the open house there back in the 70s. I did too. We probably ran into each other there. I used to live in Newark uh, in the 70s. Uh, I've been in aviation in some capacity since 1986. I began as a fueler, enlisted in the military, and became an avionics technician. While contracting overseas in 2015, my pilot friends convinced me to follow my dream. I attended a fast-track course to get my ratings quickly in consideration of my age. My training is complete. I'm instructing now, and the bills are rolling in. Are there any resources that will help me with this debt at this stage of my career? Every penny spent on training is accounted for, and the need is indisputable. Thanks for your service. Well, I appreciate that. And I know, Eric, you actually had uh, received the same copy of this email uh, from this individual. So uh, anyway. Yeah, we had a chat just a little bit ago, actually. Um, and so, hi, nice to read your comment. <laughs> uh, as far as uh, resources to help with the debt, there are many different ways to go. I don't know what uh, advice you had given him, but there's many resources as far as uh, restructuring that type of debt. I know from your flight training. Uh, and uh, one of the things you have to be careful of is uh, fi- figure out what's happening with that. We, you know, we don't do much of financial advice here, but uh, just be careful when you do restructure your debt. You do it in a way that is best for your situation. And there's many different debt counselors out there. And uh, uh, be careful too where you go to. Some are with nonprofit organizations. Some are with a company that's going to restructure your debt, and they're going to make money off of you. So I usually like to go to some of the nonprofit organizations that that are out there to help you with that debt. Um, and the other thing too is just remember you're going to keep shoveling it out. You're going to keep uh, going there and 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 making that payment and making that big bill smaller all the time eventually what's going to happen is you're going to get to an airline you're going to be making so much money that debt won't mean quite as much and uh, and the next thing you'll be doing is having a family with with uh, more debt from college from your kids etc so it's something that is is really important to me is financial planning and just make sure that when you do start making those big bills at the majors etc or as a captain at the regionals you do start paying that down uh, interesting what you said about Newark Airport, and as a child, it was interesting, I was there the other day, I was there during a snowstorm the other day, and I was telling the captain I was with that, you know, this is the terminal I used to come to as a child when my when I was being babysat, uh, my babysitter would bring me to Newark Airport to watch airplanes take off and land. That was in the days when you could actually go down to the terminal and watch planes, and it was it was really, really cool. Probably one of the reasons I really got the kick for flying. But uh, anyway, thanks for that feedback and and, uh, your questions. Eric, I really appreciate your coming by and helping out with the questions. And hopefully we'll have you back on more often. Less than a year, maybe. That would be good. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's bad. I mean, I I feel like I I mean, I do see you and talk to you all the time. But I I do miss this. I I love getting uh, the questions in from you guys and um, and being able to have this conversation. I I tell people and I, I honestly mean this. Um, this is actually my favorite part of my job when people come in and, and they're in that place and they're like, I think I want to do this aviation thing, you know, point me in the right direction, answer my questions. It is the, it is my favorite thing about what I do because I just, I had this, um, this young girl uh, come by the other day with her mom. Um, and we were talking and as we're talking, she just has this huge smile on her face. She's just so excited about getting started. And, um, and it's just infectious. I love it. 
Um, and so I, I love reading your stories and seeing, you know, what you're doing, what, where you're at, the things that you're going through and, and uh, being able to chime in and hopefully help a little bit. Um, but thanks for the invitation. I certainly do hope to be back before another six years goes by. Yeah, I, I hope not. You know, definitely you'll probably have another kid by the time you're back on. No, just come kidding. on, Carl. Yeah. That's not bad. Come <laughs> on, wasn't. come on. And it's that's, funny because we see each other all the time. Blow, <laughs> He's a, you're a busy person. I understand that. And uh, and I know that uh, all the listeners are incredibly busy because a lot of them are changing careers, moving into something new uh, with this exciting aviation career that we have here. Again, Eric, thanks for joining us. And you can always contact Eric uh, very easily uh, through the podcast, Feedback at Aviation careers podcast and we'll send that email uh, right to le- directly to eric and he does like to listen to your comments on twitter and twitter is the best way to get in touch with him because he can only comment back to you in a very short <laughs> short response and, and the, the, i was so happy when twitter expanded their character oh, I count i was so excited i was like i can have a long conversation with someone now this i thought about so you i thought about you with that happened actually <laughs> i'm sure i thought i should send carl an email and say we have to stop saying that it's only 140 characters now <laughs> <laughs> uh, but and, and another thing I'll dig on you about is it's interesting you were talking about art history and I don't know if you knew this but I, I had a, uh, I was minoring in art history and uh, studied it for years and one of the neat things about getting that's why degree, I chose art history did you not know that I, I figured I figured that's, it was yeah, I mean I was I was trying to be <laughs> obvious but not too obvious <laughs> But it's a, but with that said, it's amazing how much you use that when you're out there, and yeah. and you know you get to go you visit places and you're like, hey, I know what that is, and there's and there's a Degas, you know, and there's a Renoir, and I'm like, hey, I, you know all these things, and you know the difference between a Doric Ionic and a Corinthian column, and you're able to sit there and talk to people about these things, and you see these on a daily basis, which is is quite awesome, uh, and it, it leads to some really cool conversations. You were talking about being in the flight deck with somebody, and uh, and having those conversations is really, really cool, because everybody comes from such diverse backgrounds, and it's really, really wonderful. Well, again, folks, thanks for listening, and uh, I appreciate Eric coming by. He's going to come by more often. We're going to have a couple more courses upcoming, helping out with some airman certification standards. We have another course coming out, again, about the uh, uh, just your resume, et cetera, and uh, some other financial courses that we're working on right now for you folks, and talks a little bit about debt service. Well, folks, I appreciate you listening, and don't forget to try to do something today. Do something right now. If you turn off this podcast to move forward in your career, whether it's just reading a book, reaching out talking to somebody about a college call that college now if you're thinking about going there or that flight school but do something do something today do something now we'll talk to you next episode and say fine you have been listening to aviation careers podcast an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career This aviation podcast is produced by the Valeri Aviation Corporation. Although hosts or guests may receive compensation for products and services discussed in this podcast, compensation never influences our opinion. Before purchasing any product or service, you should always do your own research. Music by Billy Wheeler. All rights reserved.